you know, the, the good things need to be recorded too. Like, you know, like how do they always say, give people their flowers when they can smell them. So, I don't think I've ever Donna, I like it. <laughs> it. It's not mine. I didn't make it up, so I can't take credit. Donna, thank you for coming on the Free Your Energy podcast. Uh, for people who don't know who you are, I have been following you on YouTube for about a year now. Uh, I met you at a point in my business where I really needed to transform my business. I've been an author, uh, entrepreneur, but I didn't have the, the, the physical representation of me in the video format. Uh, and so I've been on this quest for a few years of, okay, what camera do I need? What lens do I need? And, you know, how do I set this room up? How do I get the right lighting? What's the right audio? Like, I've just been on this quest of just diving in uh, because the truth is I didn't have the money to hire someone to film me. I didn't have the money to go to a studio all the time, but I always had a desire to be on front of that camera. And dude, I found you about a year ago and you've completely changed my life, man. And I want to give you, I want to give you that credit. Oh, thank uh, you. Yes, sir. I want to tell you that the work you do, it matters. So please don't stop because I need the videos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll keep um, it going. Just for me. <laughs> just for me. And <laughs> so really, like, with that introduction, I know there's so much to your life. Um, but let's start in the present day. Okay. Present day, Donna. Tell us what you're passionate about. Tell us what moves you every day when you wake up. Jeez. I mean, the the word creator gets thrown around a lot, you know, and and uh, I think that I think that it's a it's a word that I like and don't like. I think that uh it's you know, people people will use it for so many things, but when you really do sit down and think about it, it does cover so many things and that's really how how I I feel about myself, you know, like it, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I'm thinking about is, is what, what are we creating today? You know? And, and so that's really like, I don't know, that's, that's really what gets me out of bed, you know, it's, uh, and, and whether that be like my, my main, my full-time job is I'm a, I'm a recording engineer, music producer. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, I, I started venturing into the photography videography world, um, and then started the YouTube channel and started doing the reviews and all that kind of stuff. And so there's, there's many different, you know, places to pull from, uh, to answer that question. What are we going to create today? And, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a, a client job, uh, you know, doing, doing audio work and sometimes it's filming day for the YouTube channel or whatever it happens to be. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I, I mean, to, to answer the, the, short version of the question, you know, what, what drives me, it's just, just to create things and to, uh, and to pass on what I've learned throughout my journey. I was listening to one of your videos and you were actually talking about literally what you just talked about. And you were talking about just creating, uh, and that you don't necessarily always have to share things with people. Uh, and I thought that that was such uh, a poignant thing to say, because at least from my experience, sometimes you, you, you get in the habit of sharing, yeah. right? You get in the habit of sharing, but you also can get in the habit of not sharing. Like it can only be for you. Uh, and I know that you know so many creative people. I feel like so many people are stuck not sharing. So what is some of the advice that you have for us from your own life where you were like, you know what? I need to share this. I need to, I need to give this to other people. Yeah. 
And and are you talking about sharing the actual, let's say, the content itself, or sharing like the knowledge behind it? No, sharing the actual content. Like when you first started doing your vlogs, what what got you from okay, I'm not sharing this stuff to no, I'm gonna film this, I'm gonna start sharing vlogs. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I guess just to just to preface this, this is something that like like you said, you you found in a video of mine, or um, and I've talked about it a couple of times. And when people come to me and they're they're asking me about uh, you know, starting a, starting a YouTube channel or starting an Instagram account and, and what's the best way to go about doing that. And my suggestion is always to make stuff and don't share it. Um, and, and the, the analogy that I like to use is, is when you, um, when you learn an instrument, you, let's say you rent or buy the instrument, you start taking lessons. You don't book, you know, a big concert the next week. You don't, you don't record uh, a, an album the next week. You take some time, you practice it. Maybe you write a whole bunch of songs. Once you've, once you've kind of learned the instrument, now you're looking at songwriting and stuff. You're going to write a bunch of songs. Maybe the first ones aren't that great. You're going to take your time. You're going to learn that craft first, and then you're going to share the bits that you think represent you the best and, and maybe uh, might have some impact on the world, that kind of thing. But there, you don't have to share absolutely everything. There are YouTube videos that I've made that I've scrapped. There are uh, photos and videos that I've taken that are personal to me that I haven't shared for that reason, you know, because I just want to keep them more for myself than anything. And it, it, it is really difficult to find a balance because uh, I think in in this kind of social media driven society that we live in, um, we're encouraged to to share everything. And I think that that can get really dangerous if you're not like considering the the effects that you're having, not only on other people, but also on yourself. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think that there's there's just got to be that that point where everything that you create or or whether you're even going to create it or not there should just be like a quick pause just to just to be like okay what is the intended consequence of what I'm about to do should I create this should I share it is it going to have a positive effect I mean I this is coming from I guess an optimist standpoint that generally people want to have a positive effect on the world. Uh, at least that's the way that I view things. So, you know, if I'm going to create something, I sit down and I think, is this going to have a positive effect on the outside world? And how is it going to affect me? Is mm. if it's, if it's something that maybe would be really valuable for my viewers, but is going to stress the heck out of me, I probably won't make it. Um, because it's gotta be, it's, there's gotta be some kind of a, a balance there and, and vice versa. Like, if if I want to make something, but it doesn't really have the value of sharing, but it does have some value for me, for example, like I just went on a little holiday here and I shot a whole bunch of video and I have no idea if it's going to make it into something that I'll be on my on my YouTube channel or maybe I'll just build something for me and my wife to um, to watch when we're feeling, you know, like we need to reminisce. Uh, but it's like kind of making that decision. And, and I knew that going into the vacation, I, I kind of said, I'm going to take a bunch of video. I don't know what it's going to be for yet. And so now I'm in that, in that pause and I'm, th I'm thinking about, okay, what, what would be the consequences, uh, externally and internally if I shared all of this stuff? 
Damn, this is this is good. So with you, this <laughs> I, I, I love your, <laughs> I love it. Tangents are perfect. Go on them. We support them. We encourage them. Nice. So with your 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 main business being uh, an audio engineer, mm-hmm. how did that process start for you with music? Like, how did you feel that that connection with music? Jeez, that goes back. That's uh, that's junior high school talking uh maybe even before that when when i was in uh i guess it had to be grade seven or something like that was like when i first picked up a a guitar i was probably like 13 years old or something like that my mom was very musical um she played in she sang in a wedding band and played guitar and played piano and all sorts of stuff dad is the the least musical person uh, i've ever met but uh, so I got it all from mom and uh, and I started picking up the guitar when I was young, started playing in like punk bands. Um, when I was in my teenage years, I had a I had a religious Christianity kind of phase uh, that, uh, you know, for for me, that was a huge catalyst for uh, advancing the music side of things, because and, and anyone who's ever played church music can attest to this. Um, that it's, it's just an excuse to play music once a week, if, if nothing else, you know, like, or twice a week, if you're having a rehearsal and you've got the, the performance at the, the worship, um, you know, in the, in the Sunday morning or whatever it is. And, uh, and so it's just, you're playing a lot. You've got a lot more opportunity than the average person to play. And so that really got me going. And I was meeting a lot of people who also played in the church. And so, you know, I was in like Christian punk bands and those kinds of things. And then um, I was in high school and I was, you know, you're, you're grade 11 or whatever. You're starting to think about what the heck you want to do for the rest of your life. And I was convinced because I was like, I like music. I'm good at music. I'm going to get into radio. And I was like, I want to be a radio personality. And I went to my high school guidance counselor person, the person that's supposed to help you, you know, find a brochure for potential colleges and that kind of stuff. And she was a little, she was, I think she was on the edge of retirement and maybe wasn't quite, uh, I don't know if, I I don't want to say she wasn't inspired to do her job, but it felt like she wasn't quite all there maybe. And uh, she handed me this pamphlet and said, okay, here's, here's something for like radio stuff. And what the pamphlet actually was, was a, a recording school. And so I ended up uh, at that moment was kind of like, wait, you mean I can learn how to just record bands? Like I don't have to be on the other end of the process, like playing, playing bands that are already recorded. I can just be the person who records them and kind of everything changed from there, applied to the school, went to the school, um, after, uh, my, I'm giving you my whole life story here after my, uh, uh, recording school, I went and took more music school. Uh, I did a diploma in drumming. Uh, and then another diploma, college diploma in, in Canada is like a two-year program. Um, and uh, so I did it, uh, one in drumming and one in music composition. And uh, I, I've been teaching drums or I taught drums for a handful of years. And then, and then we started the, uh, my, my business is a, a music school and a recording studio. And I run the recording studio side of things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been quite the long journey. Wow, man. I definitely want to plant a seed now that maybe in the future I could do some work with you, man. Maybe maybe one of my audio books or something, I would come and run through your studio, man, just as a yeah. way to yeah, bring things together. Um so that'd with with Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like with with you uh you grew up in Edmonton, right? I grew up in Lloydminster, which is just a couple hours outside of Edmonton. 
Okay. So what has, what has that been like for you? Uh, what have been some, some key victories, some things you love about it, uh, and maybe some things that you don't, you don't care for so much? Yeah. I mean, Lloydminster's, Lloydminster's funny. Uh, the claim to fame there is that it's Canada's only border city. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, you're down in the States, right? Yeah, I'm in Arizona. In Arizona, yeah. So, you know, we got our provinces, and and Lloydminster lands literally the 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 border of the two provinces, Alberta and Saskatchewan, runs right through the middle of it. So it's Canada's only border city. You know, there are different different rules on each side of the border, and taxes are different, and all this kind of stuff. So that's the claim to fame. It's like a pretty small twenty thousand or so population kind of what, place. What's the name of the city again? It's called Lloydminster. Lloyd Minster. Yeah, you got it. Minster. Okay, I'm about to. I'm about to look it there up. You go, I'm sure yeah. people listening are gonna look it up too. They're gonna be like, go, "Where yeah. is it at? Where is it at?" Canada's okay. only border city. Yeah, <laughs> and everything. You know how you go to certain towns and like whatever their claim to fame is, all the businesses are called that. So everything in Lloyd Minster is called like border something or other, border, <laughs> border newspaper, border whatever. You know. Um, oh, I yeah, see. So like, okay. Yeah, it was it was interesting growing up there. Like it's a, it's a fairly small place. Um, there's only, there's a, there's a public high school and there's a Catholic high school. Um, so like everybody, all the, like, you know, when you're a teenager, everybody gets funneled together. So it's like, you pretty much know everybody that's your age in town. Um, and then I feel like people either move out of, out of Lloydminster, people either move to Saskatoon, which is the, uh, in Saskatchewan, a bigger city in Saskatchewan or Edmonton, which is the bigger city in Alberta. And I actually hopped to the further East and went to London, Ontario to go to school for a couple of years when I was 17. So, you know, for me, it was Lloydminster was pretty much, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say a regular childhood because what is that? Um, but it was fairly vanilla, I think, you know, <laughs> I, I played a lot of music. I did a lot of skateboarding, played some basketball. I was good at school, just like, you know, kind of run of the, what, what, you know, the, the whole idea of like the run of the mill kind of thing is what comes to mind. Right. I'm right. Sure, I'm sure to an insider, maybe it would be more, uh, more interesting than that, but, uh, it felt pretty normal to me. <laughs> I feel like, so I, I, I pulled it up on Google maps and yeah. like, you know, on Google maps, you can drop the little guy there and it'll yeah. show you like the area. Yeah. So I had him drop me there. Uh, and I looked, I looked at a few places while you were talking. And it just gives me the the show on Netflix, the Stranger Things. It gives me like Stranger Things vibes. Totally Stranger Things vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's and it is kind of like stuck in in the well parts of it anyway. I I haven't been back in a little while, but parts of it are you know stuck in the that kind of eighties type of thing. Mm -hmm. Stuck in the stuck back in the day. Yeah. So exactly. I want to ask you about one of your videos. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a video called uh, I think it's called uh, This is how I. This is how I take photos of myself. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. So I I personally needed that video because I have a photographer friend, but because he's like a real photographer, he he's always busy. Well, you know, pre-COVID, he was always busy with shoots. Yeah. And I didn't want to we had a we had an interesting relationship because I wanted to pay him, but then he didn't want to get paid because he's like, no, we're friends. But I'm like, no, 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 no we're not going to do that. We're friends stuff. Like you're doing your job with me. So I'll pay you. He's like, no, no, no. 
no, don't worry about it. But then I could never book him <laughs> because he just treated me like a friend. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to book you. Like, come on. So finally, I was just like, okay, I need to find my own way to take pictures of me. Yeah. And uh, I pulled that video up. Dude, your creativity is like just insane in that video. Thank you. Uh, Give us some tips on how you structured the video. Like, it was it all free flowing? Did you have an outline? I'm like really curious to see how you created that on the back end, and like what your mindset was as you were filming as well. You know what that that one's like a super funny one because it it at this point, like as far as as my channel goes, that one kind of blew up, and I really was not expecting that. I. I have one day a week that's kind of my YouTube day. It's my Thursday, and that's the day when I, I plan a video in the morning. I shoot it kind of, you know, late morning, early afternoon, and I edit it in the evening. Um, and then, you know, I'm good to go for, for my release the next day or the next week. And um, that day I woke up and I had a I had a plan. I had like, you know, I've got my list of I video ideas of what I'm going to do. And I just looked at it and I was just like, I don't want to do any of this. I have, I have zero motivation to do any of this. I was getting bored of, you know, the formats I was using and that kind of stuff. So I just reached out on uh, Instagram and Twitter probably and was just like, I just said like, hey, what do you guys want to see? You know, I did one of those question things on uh, on Instagram stories and I was just like, what do you guys want to see right now? And there were a, a handful of them that were like, how do you take self portraits? Like, how do you if you don't have any friends around who are photographers, how do you take photos of yourself? And so normally I I like to plan my videos. I use a teleprompter. I, I script things out probably 70 percent of the time. Um, like word for word scripts. And, uh, and that one time I was just like, I'm just going to do this. I want it to be more vlog style. I've been hanging out in the house too much. So I like, you know, ripped over on, on my one wheel and like shot in a bunch of different spots and did the whole like one wheel, uh, little sequence kind of thing where I'm, I'm ripping around and it's just kind of fun to fun to watch me get where I'm going to go. And, uh, Hey, so, so in that scene, uh -huh. how did you film yourself when you were on the wheel? Because the camera in that one was like right above your head. Gotcha. Oh man. I might have to pull it up. <laughs> There's like, uh, I think that I think for the most part, most of the shots were just like tripod on the ground and I'm ripping by it. But if there was one up by my head, I was probably just holding the camera and pointing it downwards and mm, just like okay. in, a, in a way where you're um, where you're you're not able to see my arm. There was one that I did recently where I actually attached like a, a 360 camera to my helmet um, but I didn't, I didn't have that back then. So yeah, that would have been all just me holding the camera one way or another. So probably pretty wide lens, uh, something like a, a 16 millimeter or something like that. And then just pointed, pointed down, <laughs> uh, or, or out just, just with my arm in a certain way where you can't tell that I'm kind of like holding it selfie style. Um, mm -hmm. I typically for that kind of stuff, will use some kind of a little mini tripod, uh, to hold it out and do the whole like vlogger quote unquote vlogger thing. Um, but yeah, that those kinds of sequences are, are really interesting to, to do. They take 
significantly longer than you'd expect them to take. You know, you're stopping and starting and, and you got to set up the shot and then you got to either walk or run or ride in this case, ride by the camera and then get far enough so that you feel like you've got what you need. And then you have to walk or run or ride back, grab the camera, you know, and, and, and I think the biggest challenge with stuff like that is trying to figure out ahead of time not not maybe like like write it down in a solid way but try and kind of figure out in your head like how many of these shots do i need to build up a sequence and how do i make it so that they're not all the exact same are there enough interesting uh locations that i'm i have to go by like i think in that specific case it actually was uh it kind of showed you each each little spot that i had to go by to get where i was going it did but sometimes you have to, sometimes you kind of have to make it up a little bit and just to hope that people don't live in the same city as you and know that you just, uh, you use locations that don't actually make sense together. It's powerful. So keeping along the same lines of just how you're creating the videos, you have another video, uh, nine use nine uses in 90 seconds video. Uh, and so it was, uh, and also cheers to you for that because it looked like a company reached out to you uh, and they wanted you to do a, a video, essentially a commercial on one of their products. And it was a, it was a light. Yeah. The, um, the loom cube panel, I believe. Yep. The loom cube panel. And you came up with so many creative uses for that light. Uh, like one I really thought was interesting was the moody shot in the car where you placed it right, right up by the uh, windshield uh, rear view mirror. You place it, place it up there, and then the camera was at like a forty-five degree angle, looking into the subject, and it created such like a moody, uh, like a moody scene. I'm like, wow, like that. I would have never thought of that. Uh, another one that I'm sure people use is food bloggers when, you know, they're trying to get that overhead shot of something, uh, whether they're pouring. I think in your video you were pouring something. You place the light right up uh, under the. Uh, you know, that little area in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, how did you come up with those, those usage uses? Did you, you know, study lighting? Is it experience? Like, how did you do that? Honestly, I went to the university of YouTube. I, yeah, like everything, everything that I've learned that I'm passing on on my channel is all stuff learned from other YouTubers and, and, and some of it is just like experience. I'm a, I'm a problem solver. So like, I mean, going back to the example of the, the nine uses of the, the LoomCube panel, um, that was, you know, they came to me and, and wanted me to do a sponsor video for that. And I think it was a really quick turnaround. And so I had to start to get creative on what I was going to do. And a lot of the time when you do those kinds of sponsored things, you, you make a video, maybe it has something to do with the product. Maybe it doesn't, but uh, you know, you'll do your 60 to 90 second blurb that they give you. And I, I kind of reached back out to them and I was like, Hey, this is, this has got to be a quick one because you want this out for the, for the launch of the thing. So what if I did this, this thing where I come up with a bunch of different uses for it? It's a really quick video, um, you know, do something creative with it. And, uh, and so then I had to start coming up with them and I had, I probably had six of them in the bank from, uh, you know, my just like use cases, like where something will have come up. I'll, I'll, let's say have needed, to light the inside of a car and the the light on the that is on the ceiling is is garbage quality so i want to put my own 
light up in there somewhere. So I grab some gaff tape and a, and a small light that I have, and I have way too many of those. My video coming out next week is about more of those little, little mini lights. Cause they're so handy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, you know, that, that one specifically was just something that I had needed to do. I was on a, I was on a music video shoot and I needed to get creative and I just, I just went for it and, and figured that one out. And then probably about, you know, three, three of them, or maybe four of them were from other videos that I had seen where like I had learned from other YouTubers, um, little, little hacks and stuff. And, and there are, there are a decent handful of, uh, of videos about, uh, either, you know, the loom cube panel or the, uh, aperture ALM nine is a really popular one. Another kind of small light that people use and, and fun little ways that you can use those things. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a mix of just figuring it out and then, uh, and then watching channels that are, people that are now my peers, which is, is a weird thing to, to say people that I connect with on a regular basis who, uh, you know, I've learned so much from. How do you manage, uh, that the multiple hats that you wear, uh, you know, being a husband, uh, being a proud Canadian, you have the Canadian flag, uh, in your actual uh, avatar on YouTube, uh, you know, being a, a vlogger, uh, f- photography guy, video guy, you know, audio guy. How do you manage all of these hats, and how do you pick where to, you know, where do your where your time goes, where your energy goes? Yeah, I'll I'll let you know if I ever figure it out. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's yeah, it's it's a lot, and it's I'm a I'm a half organized person. I I really love organization and 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 love like calendars and lists and that kind of stuff but i suck at them for i don't know what it is i love like i love a nice clean space but i suck at cleaning it's kind of like that like i'm just you know some somewhere in the middle there and so a lot of it has to do with just kind of prioritizing i think is is important important and then you know you start to you start to uh when you're dealing with other people, communication is really important. You know, you mentioned, uh, being a husband there and that's, that's a huge one. And, and that comes down to pure communication and, and understanding of each other. And it's, it is a big thing because as, as someone who works, uh, you know, a full-time job and then, a and then a part-time job on top of it, uh, being the YouTube thing, there has to be an understanding there of, how much time I'm going to need to do that. And so communication is, is a huge thing. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Google calendar and I'm a, I'm a schedule blocker. So I have, you know, big blocks in, uh, in my calendar that kind of explain what I'm planning to do each day. And, and, uh, luckily my, my full-time job is reasonably flexible. And uh, since the, since the pandemic, I've been, uh, working from home. So that's, that's, you know, freed up a little bit of flexibility that has its whole, whole, uh, a whole different can of worms. That's, uh, that's made things more difficult at the same time that it's made them easier. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, everything that I do kind of is, uh, has to get blocked in somewhere or it won't get done. See, that's, yeah, you mentioned that you said, uh, calendar blocks. Now, I've heard the phrase, but I don't think I could explain it to the listeners uh, what that means. And if you're someone who uses it, maybe you could give us a little more insight and tell us how you use it, how we could implement 
calendar blocks. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if this is the the technical way that a lot of people use it, but the way that the way that I do things is I will um, generally for each day of the week, I, I probably know approximately what's going to happen. And I might even know when it's going to happen. But uh, for example, let's say I have an eight hour, I need to put in an eight hour day of doing audio work. So I'll make a block in my calendar in my Google calendar. That's just eight hours long. And because I kind of have a flexible schedule most of the time, as long as I don't have a specific clients and stuff, I can move that block wherever it needs to be. I just know that I need to spend that much time uh, doing that one thing. Or for example, let's say you have a specific project um, you can do the the same thing with that. So like, you know, that project is going to take you, let's say, uh, three hours or something like that. So you're going to put that in and then uh, you're going to then move it wherever it needs to go. And if something comes up and you need to be flexible, all you're going to do is grab that block and move it somewhere else. So you can kind of shift things around and you can kind of see your day as a whole and what you can accomplish within that time. Um so for example, like today on my calendar block, I've got the Free Your Energy podcast, uh, 1 to 2 p.m. And then I've got a couple other blocks. One is uh, is shooting my video, which I did this morning. So there was a three-hour block there. And I actually shifted it um, because I, I spent a little bit of extra time with my wife this morning. So it ended up getting shifted, but it's as easy as just moving that down. And I even I even block in things like spending time with my wife and uh, getting ready for bed and waking up and the time to make that it takes me to make coffee and, and make breakfast and that kind of stuff so that I just know how much I can get done in a day. And it becomes very obvious if you're overpacking yourself because you'll see no breaks anywhere in there. So when you do your schedule, is it kind of like, hey, I'm going to do a week at a time or a month out or do you do it every day? How how does it kind of work as far as the creation of your box? Gotcha. Yeah, I do that. I do it pretty much every week. So on Sunday, my wife and I get together and we we go through our weeks together um, and I put in anything that, that she has that I might need to know about. And she does the same for me. And uh, and so it's, yeah, pretty much every Sunday and then every morning. I wake up and I make a to-do list for that day because sometimes my my blocks will be more specific than others. Like for example, like I said, my my full-time job, my my audio work, I'll just put in an eight-hour block that just says resonate, which is the name of the business, and uh, and it'll just say resonate. But then within that, I have a, my own to-do list of like what I'm going to try and get done today. And sometimes I sometimes I time that stuff out. Uh, and sometimes I don't. I know people people take this in different directions, and some people do their to do lists in the schedule blocking. Um, but uh, but I I'm a little bit more general about it on the calendar, and then uh, and then I have to do lists on top of that. So it's kind of a a multi tiered system. Man, thanks for sharing that information with us. I know that'll help us. Uh, get more organized. I think uh, organization is a is a is a big thing that you know you alluded to. You had a, you have a video on it too, uh, where you talk about digital organization and you showed us how you know how when you start a new project, like you already have a folder set, yeah. uh, a template set with a different you know the different labels and where different files go. Uh, and, and I mean that's something that so many people like you look at people's phones and. They have a million text message threads. They have every text thread from the history of the phone in there. Yeah. 
pitchers, you know, a thousand pitchers, 14,000 pitchers, no organization, no actual real use. Um, and I just think it's so good to get organized there. So what we want to know now is what is something that you personally, uh, struggle with a journey that you've been on your life that, you know, you, you've had to, uh, that you're still trying to get through or get over or, or, or deal with. Yeah. I mean, we don't even really have to change subjects for that. Cause I think organization is a, is a huge one for me. I, uh, I've been through probably, I would say 15 different attempts at like organizational, um, like ways of doing things kind of thing. Like I'm on the schedule blocking thing right now, but if you dig through my channel, there was actually one point where I was convinced I was going to start doing bullet journaling. Uh, I think I made a video about it and then just like, I just didn't do it cause it just didn't work for me. And I'm always, there's this, there's this thing where I feel like I'm always trying to find the thing that's going to click you know, that's going to, that's going to work for me. And I, I watch someone like my wife who is like the most organized person I've ever met. And she's like a pen and paper, you know, every, every year she buys a new day timer and that kind of thing. And, um, I, I just wish that I had that, but you know, the, the, um, the analogy I like to use or the, the metaphor that I like to use is I want to be at the top of the mountain without having to climb it. And I think that that, uh, that applies to a lot of people in a lot of different things where they, they kind of, I don't want to say they feel entitled to having the kind of prize, but they, they wish they had it without having to necessarily do the work to get it. And I think that that's something that I struggle with a lot of the time. Um, and that might be, you know, there might be some, some of my upbringing in there. You know, I never, I never really wanted for anything. We weren't necessarily, uh, super rich or anything like that, but I pretty much got what I wanted throughout my childhood. I was like good at, good at school. I, you know, my teachers liked me, my peers liked me, that kind of stuff. I never really struggled too hard for anything. So being an adult and, and having to do things for myself, there's this, there's this feeling of like, well, I want to be an organized person, but I don't necessarily want to, you know, have to have to put in all that work to get there. I want there to be a magic app that does it for me. Or, you know, I think people feel like that about uh, about exercise and, and getting healthier or whatever. They're like, you know, they hit the gym once and they're like, where's my six pack? They want to be at the top of that mountain without having to do all the work of climbing it kind of thing. So that's something that I, I definitely struggle with is, uh, and especially, like I said, kind of in the, in the organizational side. And it's something that I, I have internal dialogue about a lot trying to figure out what what I can do and trying to humble myself so that I know I, I have to do the I have to do the work to get there. Which is a, a funny thing to think because I, I also think of myself and I've been told from many, many peers that I am an incredibly hardworking person and yet I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough work. <laughs> I relate to that. So I'm on a, I'm actually on a, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, book club, I guess it's, it's 11 guys. Okay. And we met last night, we did our first meeting. Uh, and it's something that I wish I would have experienced this before. Um, but it's really 11 guys. We're getting together. We're reading a book. Uh, it's called the alchemy of initiation, the book we're reading. Okay. And it's really about manhood and you know becoming a man in that transition of when you go from like a boy to a man and 
one of the questions they asked me was, you know, Sylvester, what do you, you know, what do you feel like you're struggling with? And I told a really long story, uh, really long story first, but I ended at the same point that you ended at where, uh, I feel I work hard. My peers respect me. They see my, they see my effort. Uh, my fans get the effort, but it often feels like it's not enough. Like I'm not doing enough. And what I told them was, I think that, I think that I have like a positive, optimistic, abundant mindset. Like I believe like, Oh, if I write this book, people will read it. If, you know, I create this podcast, people will listen. People will get value. If I, you know, write this essay, I'm going to get some type of personal, uh, fulfillment and satisfaction, you know, like I believe in abundance, but I feel like it's, it's moving from like a scarcity place of, like, man, if I don't do this, what's going to happen? Like, if oh, I don't yeah. create like this, it's just not enough. You know, like yesterday, or no, I think it was two days ago, I had uh, I had to do a customer refund. Now, this month, I've probably had a thousand customer orders, all positive. Everyone's good. Yeah. But I had this one refund where I had to give a customer back. It was like $100. And it just made me feel like, damn, like we can't, we can't be doing refunds. Like we need to make sure our process is tight. Uh, it was because we shipped them a product that they didn't get. So it's like, Hey, like we need to make sure our process is tight. And I'm just, I felt myself putting this like pressure on myself because I thought that out of 1000 orders, this one customer who wasn't satisfied, like it affected me. Yeah. You know, and it just felt like, man, like I'm not doing enough. Like I, I connect with you like that. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you think are some tips for yourself? You know, to to get through these things. Jesus, this, this is like therapy. <laughs> now, now I'm going through all the things in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I, I totally, I totally connect with you on that. It feels, I mean, it feels like YouTube. It sounds like as you're as you're talking it out and you're talking about the the orders and then the and then the one let's call it a just for lack of a, a more uh, specific term let's call it a negative interaction right and and mm-hmm. when I think about YouTube and I think about the comment section and I think about the the thousands and thousands of positive comments that I've gotten and and my comment section are the people that hang out in my comment section generally are gold. They are so positive and I get, if I did the search for the word thank you or the words thank you on my comment sections, it would pop up a million times because they're just like so many positive comments, but that one negative comment will really stand out to you for whatever reason. And, and I've gone from, from answering every comment to answering every once in a while, just because it's got a little overwhelming. And, and it's funny how often I catch myself wanting to you know, fight with the negative comments rather than respond to the positive ones. And that's, that's interesting how you brought, how you put it with the the scarcity kind of mindset. And uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of looking in on, on myself and, and my own processes. And, and over the last bunch of months, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself and, and about what I, uh, I want to be doing, and I, I almost feel like I could connect it back to what I said earlier about that, the pause and the, the, the delay before action, just to really quickly check in with yourself and what you, what you want the outcome of any, any situation, any decision 
to be. I mean, if you, if you really, really want to simplify it to something that we've, um, that we've all heard the idea of like, think before you speak and just think about thinking before you act. And I think that that can be applied to everything that I probably struggle with. It's like, you know, something that I want to do, uh, more of is, is, you know, get involved with, uh, social justice and, and something that I've, I've been trying to, uh, kind of champion a little bit on, on my YouTube channel is, is some diversity. I don't do a whole lot of, uh, collaborations, but when I do, I try and make sure that I'm collaborating with a diverse crowd. And I've been a little bit more, uh, as, as many people have, I've been a little bit more vocal about my kind of political views and that kind of stuff lately. And so now it's, it's not just about, you know, those kind of outward things. It's also about in every single thing that I do stopping and, and thinking before I act kind of thing. How does this little thing uh, affect everything. And that, uh, of course that, that goes for the, the big stuff, like I said, like social justice and stuff, but also going back to my, my issues with, um, what, what might be a, a, a misconception of myself, like thinking I don't work hard enough. It's like just stopping, take a second to think and then act kind of thing. And, and my wife is, is a, a huge supporter of me in this regard because she'll be the one to make me stop and think. Um, for example, like I, I release a video once a week and for a long time there, I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that I got it done to the point where like if I was running behind or if something went wrong with the video, I would be up until, until you know, all hours of the night, Sunday night, trying to hit my Monday deadline. And, you know, it's it's my wife who really gets me to go, you know, if if the, let's just say, you know, if there's no video this week, how do you think that that you know, how's that going to affect people? And of course the answer is it probably won't, they probably won't even notice for the most part. Or if I put out a little thing that just said like, Hey guys, like got a little busy this week, like no video, like people would be like, okay, cool, you know, and, and move on. But there's all this extra internal pressure in it. it. A lot of the time it comes down to not giving myself the time to think through the actual kind of consequences of you know, what, what I'm doing and, and, and weighing those things out. So I think that would be <laughs> going back to, you know, 20 minutes ago when you asked me the question, I think that would be really <laughs> what I could do to help myself. It's like that, that stopping to, to just think for a second before, uh, you know, before I make any kind of decision, big or small. You know, I want to add something on there. I like what you said about taking a second to pause and and just kind of think i'm gonna add also that we should champion ourselves you know just like they do in sports you play a season you you're the best team you get a championship you get a you get a, a acknowledgement you get a thank you you get a you get the love, you get the spotlight, you get the the attention, you get the ability to feel like, hey, I've done a great job. And I think that we need to allow ourselves to feel more like a champion and, and just champion our effort and say, hey, you know, that was, that was actually a good job. You know, when you release a video, instead of just like, okay, hey, this video is done, maybe it's like, man, okay, this is, this felt good. This was fun for me. This was powerful for me. I know people are going to get value out of it. And like, when you take that second to like think and pause, but to also like champion yourself and give yourself like a pat on the back, 
I think that's something that definitely will help me uh, as well, just to to really like, okay, hey, I finished this episode, I edited it, I, I schedule it up, and then just taking a minute to to pause and say, wow, like that was that was good work. That was good work. Be proud of your effort. You know, how often do we do that? Because most of the time we're trying to, because a lot of the media that we see is so negative and it's so nitpicky at the way we look, our personalities, our choices, we we take that media and then we do that to ourselves mentally. Like we we attack ourselves and beat ourselves up. So I just feel like we have a duty to kind of introspect the way we think so we can then add new layers, you know. And I think what you said, just think, pause, take a second to gather yourself. I think that's going to help a lot of us reset and learn, you know, new layers to our own levels of thinking. So thank yeah. you very much for that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, even even just thinking about this is going back to some kind of psych class somewhere, but the idea of positive reinforcement is so much more beneficial than negative reinforcement. And I think that, you know, thinking, you know, taking a second to think uh, I was talking about before I make a decision, but even like you said, like after you do something and just stop, take a second, think about what you just did, give yourself a little congratulations. It doesn't have to be anything big or unhealthy or whatever. It can just be like, look at what I just did. That's pretty cool. Okay, now moving on to the next one, but now you've got that positive reinforcement. You just gave yourself a a little cookie and then, you know, the next time you go through that process again, no matter how hard that process is, chances are you'll probably enjoy it more because you know that you can do something great. What is 2020 going to be like for you? I know this is an impossible question to ask and I know we're halfway through the year. But with the information you have right now, the the thoughts you have, the feelings you have, what do you think the next few months will be like for you? I mean, 2020 has already been, even with everything that's going on, it's been my biggest year. I mean, as far as, as far as the YouTube side of things goes, it's been, it's been my biggest year. It's been, I'm still, I think in a, a significant portion of my channel's growth. Um, and so I think the rest of 2020 will continue that. I think that what I'm doing right now is figuring out what I can do with the opportunities that I now have. Um, and, and also setting boundaries, I think is going to be, is going to be a, a big part of the back half of 2020 here. Um, figuring out how much of myself I can give um, because for the past couple of years, it's been everything. Um, and it is starting to wear on me and I'm trying to decide whether that's partially due to, you know, everything that's going on, why I'm feeling a little, a little worn down here and there, or if it's just that I tried to take on too much, you know, recently I, not unlike yourself, I, I looked at what, um, what I have going on. And I thought, how can I diversify this further? And, uh, and so on top of the YouTube video that I produce every, every week, I started doing a live stream every week, um, which, you know, is a, a lot of, a lot of energy and there's a lot of pressure in the, in the live situation. Um, and then, and then was just trying to take on more and more and more because not because I necessarily was, uh, 
wanting more maybe, but because I saw the potential uh, for what it could become and, and I wanted to try out more things. I'm a, I'm a trier. So I, uh, I think that the next couple of months are going to be trying to find some kind of balance for that, what I can give of myself and how I can maximize the potential that I have in this kind of what is still a pretty new endeavor um, while still finding the balance for the things that I already know and love, like my, my audio work and spending time with my wife and going for hikes and those kinds of things. It's like that, that stuff is important to balance it all out. So trying to find the, uh, the balance within this, like I said, what is still a reasonably new thing to me. So I have a, a new course um, the course is called Restore Balance and Purpose to Your Life. And I'm literally talking about some of the things that you're mentioning um, that you, you're going to focus on. So I want to gift you the course. Oh, no uh, way. I will, yeah, I would love to just as a way to thank you for the value that you've given me uh, and the way that you've impacted my life. I would just love to return that piece of content to you. Uh, and maybe, you know, you can get something out of it. So I would love to gift yeah. you that course. Awesome. Thank you so much. I yeah, seriously man. appreciate that. Uh, dude, I, I know I just met you, uh, but I just want to say that I'm proud of you, man. I'm very proud of where you are in life and, and the learning that you're allowing yourself to go through. Uh, I appreciate that you were vulnerable with us and, and opened up uh, about your story. How do we get connected with you? Well, first of all, thank you for giving me a, a super safe space to feel, you know, vulnerable and to feel like I can share those kinds of things. I I've been, you know, following along mostly on, on your Instagram and seeing all your, all your messages that you give to everybody. And, and it's just so, so positive and so impactful that uh, I immediately felt like, okay, if, when I'm going on here, this is a safe space that I can share my story and, and hopefully it can, it can help either, uh, you know, educate or inspire other people. So thank you so much for that. And then uh, as far as your second question, where you can get a hold of me is pretty much done. did it on everything. So youtube.com slash done. did it Instagram slash done. did it Twitter done. did it uh, and my website done. did it.com. Thank you. And you brought up music at the beginning. Uh, before we wrap up, tell me, do you have music somewhere where we could listen? I do. Yeah. I got a couple of songs. Uh, if you dig, if you dig on my YouTube channel, there are a couple of lyric videos there, or if you're a, a Spotify, Apple music kind of streamer, if, if you search for Dunna, I'm on there. Um, there are only a couple of songs and there is another artist, uh, who also goes by Dunna. So if you start hearing some like kind of heavy rap stuff, that's probably not me. Mine is more, <laughs> mine is more pop stuff. Yeah. I think I got like three or four songs on there, but I would love to see a video of you rapping. That that would definitely uh, I think be entertaining. And there's I think some, you could do it. There's some rap in the in my tracks, but it's just not the it's not the more heavy stuff. The the other guy that's, that's out there is a little bit more a little bit more gangster than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.